Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about the sometimes daunting subject of financial separation, and when it comes down to it, how knowledge is power. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I have great pleasure in chatting to the financial expert advisor for Beanstalk and the Single Mum Vine, Belinda Eldridge from Divide. Now, Belinda is the founder and managing director of Divide, which helps couples who've separated to financially separate in a cost-effective manner without using lawyers. Belinda's the proud single mum of two boys. Her eldest is studying engineering at uni and her youngest is heading into his final year of school. In fact, um, we were just saying um, they've just gone back to school this morning um, after the two-month-long school holidays, so we're both very excited about that. Um, Her youngest son has severe autism, a diagnosis that has thrown Belinda some unexpected challenges, but has taught her and the rest of her family what's important in life. Belinda loves helping separated couples and she does so with transparency and honesty. Not only does she give them the facts, but also gives them hope, empathy and the understanding that yes, it may be hard now, but it will get better. She works with couples to determine what financial structure will work best for them as two single parents co-parenting and then helps them agree on the action plan to implement the new structure as cost effectively as possible. So welcome to the podcast, Belinda. Thank you, Lucy. What an introduction. What a mouthful. (laughs) I just wanted to get it all in there and let everybody know. Having said that, um, all the ladies who are listening who use any of my Beanstalk platforms probably didn't need to know all that because as a trusted expert advisor to to my business, everybody already knows you. (laughs) Trying to talk to more people and trying to help more people along the way in in their journey, wherever they're at in that process. So, yes. Yeah, and that's just brilliant. And I know that, um, you know, people are often asking, where's Belinda? I need Belinda's help um, on the Single Mum Vine Facebook group. And I guess I'm quite interested to know, what, overall, because you do speak to so many women, what is the level of financial lo- knowledge like when it comes to single mums going through separation? Well, it, it's really varied as it is with anything, you know, anything in, in life. Um, what I find is, how people have structured their finances as they've been together as a couple. Um, as a generalisation, you, you, you'd, you'd probably say that the men have more day-to-day, you know, involvement in the investment structure, the superannuation. Um, mum might have more on the day-to-day, the budgeting. But the biggest thing that I find is when people are then separated, it's neither party necessarily knows the totality of everything that they've got you know so it's then working with them to join up the bits that they both know and then look at the full picture because only when you've got the full picture can you then work out where your knowledge gaps are and what you need assistance with to be able to then readjust your thinking for what it's now looking like on a single income and what needs to change around that but in order to do that you first of all need to understand what you've got as a couple how you could split it and then how life can still be okay on a lesser amount. So um, I know that's a broad answer, but that that really is, it it fits different people. So it's different people um, 
have structured it how it works for their family, but it's then recognising that there has now been a significant change and so you now need to relook at things with fresh eyes and work out how it's going to look going going forward. Mm. So, I mean, it really is so personal, isn't it? You just It depends on how the family has set up everything and how they've been doing everything in the past and then pulling that all together. Yes, and then also what... Um, obviously there's been issues that otherwise a, a couple wouldn't be separating and potentially divorcing. But it, depending on what those issues have been, so if they've been linked into... Um, lack of financial trust and someone's been off getting secret loans or doing things like that, obviously then when you're looking at doing a financial settlement with someone, um, those areas need a lot more attention and you're you're looking at things in a different way Mm. to if couples have grown apart but they've always said no, neither of them, they've got the same spending habits but they're not concerned that the other partner's going to go off and, you know, um, incur a big gambling debt or something like that mm. because while you're still together as a couple and until you've finalised your financial separation, you are both liable for debts that the other person incurs. So that is obviously a point of real um, fear and concern if your partner has those spending issues. You know, So that's why it very much d- d- depends on what the issues are between you as a couple and whether you can say... Um, oh, yeah, I have no concerns about that. If we both agree that what money's in the joint account, neither of us will touch it for something other than we agree, that's then a different situation to I'm concerned that we've got a redraw facility on our house and my partner could go and pull all that money out and and I've got no control over that happening and then I have to legally fight him to get it back. You know, So that's where it's understanding where people are at and my main thing is then working with people to assist them to protect those assets so that then they can go off and deal with the emotional issues, which obviously need to be dealt with. But then when they come back to the financial issues, what they expected to be there is actually there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a discovery yeah. at first, finding out what's been yeah. going on. So so why is it important for single mothers to treat their financial separation as a learning process and not just a means to exiting a relationship? Well, it's mainly because um, whatever their dynamics were financially up until that point, going forward, they are now a single mum. They are in control of their finances and they're, you know, accountable for that and how to stretch that and how to use that to um, assist their children to grow. So, So the first thing is if they haven't been involved in the finances or they've only been involved in a portion of the finances, the first thing is if you can use this opportunity to learn what you don't know, then you're able to make informed choices about what's best for you and your family. And we're all busy, we're all time poor, we we won't actually spend time learning something unless we can see there's some benefit in it for us. So up until now, if the single mum's been in a relationship and um, husband's happily looked after the finances, she's flat out running around dealing with the kids and everything, she hasn't had a need to find out about that. But now her situation has changed. She's got to work out what she's got and how she can best account for that. And in that process, if she's then filling in her, using this time to improve her knowledge with superannuation, with different benefits that she's entitled to, with what child support looks like, all all of that, then she can go to the next step of doing tracking of spending budgets and setting her own financial goals. But you can't get to that point until you've, at the starting point, of 
what have you got? What does it mean? What else do you need to understand? So in that process, I find it can be very empowering for women because they come in and they're saying, oh, I don't understand about that. And I'm like, we've all got different skill sets. It's just what we've been exposed to. So ask me the questions or I can send you links and you can go off and research those and come back with more. And as their knowledge improves, then all of a sudden you can see that shift in them thinking, oh, yes, I can do this. And it is achievable, but it comes from a position of understanding. And we all know we do anything once our children are involved. So we might not be interested in finances. We might not be interested in that. But when it comes down to we need to understand understand that to be able to maximise that to help our children and our family, we're then motivated to push ourselves to learn something that we might not otherwise have been interested to learn about. Yeah. And, and, they, and you know, it is something that you have to learn about, don't you? Correct. On your, on your own. I mean, it's like... On your own, you have to. But when you're a couple, you don't have to. So... Yeah. Um, so um, quite often with things like this that we don't we don't necessarily um, you know are, are naturally attracted to if you're not all nerdy accountants like me then um, then there has to be something in it and when you can see that by you getting your head around this it's going to help you and it's going to help your children then you'll push yourselves yeah then it becomes interesting almost it doesn't becomes it? interesting because it impacts on your daily life yeah, and I and I just think um, I, I call it. I actually call it in. Um, I refer to it as financial sanctuary, which yeah. for me, financial sanctuary is a place where you feel at peace with your finances. It's not a place where you're you've got money coming in from everywhere and you're not doing anything to get it. Financial sanctuary is having an understanding and having you know having control and know that you've got everything ticking along and you can kind of relax and and move on to other areas of your life and improve those areas once financial sanctuary is reached absolutely right because then you're also not living with the fear mm. of when you know the large electricity or whatever invoice comes in and you're like I, I can't pay it how you know and that just that fear just becomes all consuming and we've all lived with that financial stress and no one wants to live with that so by doing as you say putting those things into place you're then avoiding that stress and anxiety that comes with that because you've then got a separate fund and you know that covers your bills coming in so it's not saying you're rolling in it it's not saying you never need to work again it's not saying all of that but it means you can have peace and it doesn't need mm. to keep you awake at night because you know you can fund the lifestyle that you have chosen for you and your children to live and then of course once you've got that in place you can move on to other things and that's you, so exciting absolutely. isn't it so in, in your experience what are the biggest financial knowledge gaps for couples especially women as we've got single mums listening um, when they come to you what what are they asking about what do they need to know where are the uh, where are the areas that they have no idea what's happening? Um, one, one of the, the, the biggest sort of concepts that people um, don't understand is that they, they think that depending whose name the asset's in, that who, who, is who owns the asset, right? But in um, family law, if you're together as a couple, whether it's de facto or married, any assets that either of you own separately or own together are assets of the marriage. Any debts that either of you have separately or together are debts of the marriage. So some women, when they come, they say, oh, no, well, my husband's got a business, but that's not in my name. And I'm saying, well, that is still an asset of, of the marriage because it's only through you guys being in partnership that these assets were accumulated and these liabilities were incurred, you know. So it's, first of all, 
letting them understand that everything that is there, whether it's in their name or not their name or someone's got a company or a trust, family law looks through all of that to see um, what the real assets and liabilities are. So the first thing is making them understand it's worth time for us to do our homework to look at all of those things. And they don't need to know the answers to those things. So it might be if we've then got to get a business valuation done because we're chartered accountants as well, we can help them do that in a very simple way, not go off to, you know, you can get go and get these very ad, ad, advanced um, business valuations mm. which cost $15,000 yeah. and you really don't need that. You just need the, you know, the balance sheet and the profit and loss for the last three years. And so you can do it very simply, but so that women have then got an idea what the value is associated with those things and they can then choose to make an informed choice because a lot of the time when you're first going through it and and the guy's doing everything to say, oh, it's my business and you can't touch it and, and the, the woman's struggling, you know, emotionally and with the needs of the kids and it's all just too hard and so she wants to just say, oh, he can just have the business, you know, but it's then saying, no, we need to stop at, at this point because you need to understand what you're potentially entitled to so that you don't make a rush decision which can impact you financially for the rest of your life because you're just trying to make it go away because it's all so painful, you know. Mm. So it's then get the other support that you need to give you the strength and that's where, you know, being on Beanstalk and being able to ask other mums and stuff so that you've got the strength to decide how much of a journey you want to go through so that when you come back and look at this point in your life, you're not going to have any what ifs and we know nothing not everything's it's not all financial of course it's emotional but you've then got to make a choice as to how much you're prepared to fight for and how 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 much you're prepared to let him have and how much that will then impact on how your family can work together with the with the goal of being able to go forward and co-parent you know so all of those things so it, it it's a case of just raising those issues so the mums can go away and think about those issues. I'm not telling them what the answer is. They're totally in control and coming up with the answer. But the main thing is as long as they've understood all the factors in coming to that mm. conclusion. And then the other big thing with that is then asset protection where um, for people to understand that until you have finalised your financial separation and done consent orders through the court, um, even if you split the money up and you've done everything, the other party can come back against you and and ask for more or say it wasn't finalised or they're, they're, if their business has significantly gone up in value, you can go back against them and say, because when, say, I'm now entitled to that, because when those consent orders go in, it's the value of the assets and liabilities as at the date that you submit that form, not as at the date of separation. So... Um, depending how long from when you've separated to, to, to when you're lodging consent orders, there can be a significant change in, you know, value and it's just for people to understand that. Um, the other big thing that people um, normally need to look into a bit more is understanding about superannuation and understanding that, again, the superannuation of each of, of you is an asset of the marriage and so superannuation can be looked at when you're looking at how to move assets around to come up with your overall split. But for people to also understand that superannuation can be moved between spouses in a split, but it can't then come out of come out of the super environment until you hit retirement age. So people might come to me and they say, oh, that's all right. You know, um, 
husband's going to transfer part of his super to me and then I'm going to use that to pay off the house. But it's understanding, no, that money, yes, that money can go into your super account, but you can't then get that money out and and access it. So, And that's why also when we're working with couples, we're trying to then look at, trying to then get the dads involved as well to then say what's best for your children. And if that then means that dad keeps more super and mum gets more cash, so then if she's looking at a mortgage, it's more achievable if she's got a limited income. So we're looking at the practicality of that and going and talking to your bank and what will they lend you. And through that process, then the mum is then un then she can she can actually see what it will look like and that it will be okay and that she can do it, but not just sort of conceptually. You know, so yes. once you've been to the banks, once you've talked to them, you know how much you can borrow. You've then got information that you can come back that as we're having a discussion and a negotiation, she can then be saying, look, I know the bank will only lend me this amount amount of money and you can then factor that in with how you move um, assets around. And, the, and the, the, probably the, the, the final thing that people don't recognise, and quite often the blokes need a bit of education with this, is that when you're looking at a family uh, a split and the family court's looking at a split, all contributions made are in, in the marriage are valued. So financial and non-financial and parent and homemaker are all equally valued. So, you know, we sometimes get blokes and they're sitting there and saying, oh, I've earned 400 grand a year and she's only been home with the kids. That's, that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. He was only able to earn that amount of money because you were both working as a partnership and she was then doing other bits as well. So for, for people to then be educated and understand that from when you became a couple, everything that you've done you know, since then, is 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 as a partnership, and mm. so for for women to then recognise that they say, oh well, he he did all that himself. Well, no, he didn't do it all himself. He did it because you were all working together, and for them to then recognise that they are part of that success, and they are entitled to looking at all those assets, and then you know what's fair in that, and then also within that, it's then uh, the the future needs of both parties are considered in a financial separation. So if one person's then going to be home and caring for the children more and you've got younger children, you're able to earn less or you've put your career on hold for husband's career, that, that difference in um, financial resources, future earning capacity, health needs, all of those factors are taken into account. The main thing with a, with a split is there is no exact formula, you know. There's all these factors that are considered. So it's mainly making sure that people put everything down. So if along the way they've been given gifts from parents or inheritance or there's been personal injury, um, you know, successful claims, all of those things need to be documented because they're all factors that need to be considered. And then whatever split you come up with in your, in your um, orders neither party can come back and say, oh, what about that, what about that? Because you know that in that process there's been sort of full disclosure of all of that and doesn't need to be in a complicated legal way. It's one of you starting a, you know, a Word document with some bullet points about that and the other person reviewing it and you're both then putting in things so that, so that you both feel that all the relevant information has been considered. And I really believe with you saying all of that, you know, it does go to show how much is involved in it. And mm -hmm. yes, I know some people will try and do it the simple way and say, oh, you know, this is what this is worth. This is what that's worth and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, but if you don't, like you were saying as well earlier, if you don't get it finalized, yeah. you don't get it signed off by the courts or and you don't consider every little thing, 
it can come back to bite you, can't it? It can, it can. And I was just like speaking to a mum the other day and she's like, oh, but we've, we've done it all and we've split all the money up. But then as I continue to talk to her, he's got major addiction issues, he's got all the rest of it. So yes, they've split the money, but because they haven't, and they've sold the house, but because they haven't finalised it through the court, he could now go off and totally blow his share. Mm -hmm. She's madly conserving hers because of the kids and all the rest of it. And then he can come back and could take her to court and say, well, I've now got nothing, I need some more, you know. So the, the fear, and I've been there, I've lived with that fear. Um, so that's why it's saying, and again, it's then explained to her, these are the reasons why you need to get it finalised. But obviously it's each person's choice whether they choose to do that or not, but at least they're, they're then knowing that there's an issue to consider. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, talking about fear, um, and we were talking about it earlier on as well, do you feel that there's a real sense of fear related to sort of starting over financially after a breakup? And if so, how can single mums overcome this and, in fact, be excited by it and embrace their new path? Well, it's petrifying. Of course there's fear involved, you know. <laughs> um, I think, if you, you know, anxiety and fear... I haven't come across anyone who doesn't go through those emotions when they're separating and divorcing. Mm. It's, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. So, you know, you, you, you've got a picture of how you think your life is, is, is going to be with your partner and your children, and all of a sudden um, that's, totally, that's totally changed. So you're, you're worried about your finances. You're worried about can you then provide the life for the children you know, that you wanted to, you're then living alone. Um, you're, of course, of concerned about everyone's emotional needs. Like no one chooses, everyone goes into a marriage and relationship and having children wanting that to be successful. So there's, yeah, there's a real shattering of the, the picture that you thought you were going to have. So with that comes huge fear, anxiety, and that's the main thing that I find when I'm talking to people. And I think the thing is, when you can recognise that they're totally normal feelings, that everybody has that, then you're able to be honest and be real and put that out, whether it's through Beanstalk or friends and stuff, and express that's how you're feeling. And once people then understand that, then you can actually get the support that you need, you know, because um, – and that support looks different for different people. So some people – Talking about the emotional side helps them feel better and then they can jump into an action plan of other things. Other people are, well, I don't really want to talk about the actions now. I want to get into my budget. I wanted to get into that and that will come later. So it's then recognising that what that action plan is looks different for different people and that's okay. But if you then, first of all, know this is how I'm feeling and you're able to express it, you're then able to put it out on the vine, put it out on other things and get ideas for how best to address those issues. And half the exciting thing is rather than living in, a lot of people have been, you know, in marriages and you know it's coming to an end or you know at some point it's coming to an end and so you're living with great fear of all that. So for me, once you rip the Band-Aid off and it's come to an end, yes, it's painful to move through that process, but you can then live a life, and it's certainly for my case, which has far less anxiety than my married life. Mm. Yeah. Had, you know, so that's the bit where you can embrace and get excited because then you're in control of your own choices, particularly if you haven't been able to depend on your partner and everything. And so then 
you understand that, yes, your life might look different. It might not then be, you know, as big a glamour house as whatever as you had before, but you then realise that stuff doesn't bring you happiness and um, in your own new sanctuary and domain that you can create, even though it might be smaller and everything, but you're not worried about making the mortgage payments, you're not worried about other things and you know that you can have the important stuff in life. So it's quite exciting to then be in control of that and know that you're not then depending on, you know, some people have been in very financially controlling relationships where they're sort of handed out the pocket money and all the rest of it and and to now be able to be in charge and be able to manage that themselves, I do find it exciting and hope and, and, and they can then plan for their own financial goals and you're not then worried that someone else is going to come and, you know, take the money out of your account that you've been saving for and something else might happen that there's a gambling debt or there's a drug debt or there's, some, you know, something else that has happened in life that has been outside your control. But as you're together as a, as a couple, you're still uh, obliged to fix it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I that you talk about excitement, and I have to say, mm. for me, um, yes, I had the fear and the anxiety, of course, yeah. but it didn't last that long for me because I was quite excited to have this control. Yes, um, my ex-husband and I were okay together with money, but he was more about just spend and live for today, whereas I was yeah. always more concerned about the future. And so, yes. even a, ch- a difference like that between a couple can make Correct. finance quite difficult to work together. And it was great because once I was on my own, I was able to do everything the way that I felt comfortable, um, you know, and be more careful every day um, and consider the future. So that was great. So I think once you've you've got control, it's great. And of course, you can go to the shops and you can buy whatever you want and you don't have to hide it from your partner. Great. You only need to justify it to yourself. Exactly. Um, Yes. And I know I need another fluffy cushion for the couch. I want it and I'm going to get it. And I haven't got anyone here who's going to tell me that we didn't, we don't need a seventh one. Because you know what that will how that will enlighten you and your children feed off you and so you know the value that comes in in the cushion but you don't need to justify it to anyone I totally agree it's 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 very (laughs) powerful it is actually and um, and the other thing is as well and I sometimes actually put this on the vine you know I say to single mums if you're feeling down, just look around you. And I can do this now while I'm talking to you, yeah. Belinda. I can look around yeah. the townhouse that I have purchased yeah. and um, the furniture in it that I have purchased because I have yeah. worked so hard to yes. do. And God, I feel so proud of myself. So proud, absolutely. You know, and you... far more proud than if you'd been, you know, in a house worth three times the value in your marriage and all the rest of it because you know how... The, yeah, the blood, sweat and tears that have gone into it and you're proud and you stop back and you put, pat yourself on, on your back and you say, wow, I did this. So when I was um, confronted with a really challenging situation, of course, you know, of course it's emotionally draining to get through it and you have a cry and you reach out to your friends and everything, but the resilience that you can be proud of that you've then shown your girls as well, that you've then got the support you need, you needed along the way to to then to then build that future for yourself and you can sit back and be proud and think well what a great role model I've been to my daughters because none of us want to think that if our daughters were ever in unhappy relationships in the future that they felt that they had no choice that they couldn't leave and that they couldn't then manage their own finances and be that so I think then what you've shown your daughters you know we all know actions speak louder than oh they the, do um, yeah 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose to people listening who are perhaps going through the fear and anxiety stage, the message is it is okay to feel that. Everybody yes. does. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you will find that those emotions change to something far more positive in the future. Correct, correct. It doesn't seem like it at the time, but by speaking to other people who've been through it and see, yes, it does get better and there is hope and and, and when you're getting that, um, message from other people who you value and trust. Um, yeah, we all need we all need hope. So that then gives you the strength to keep to keep moving. And, that, and, and when I see people who've been in the big house and then all of a sudden and their fear is like, oh, I don't know how we're going to survive. But then when you help them with the assets and you say, well, you could move this around here and then you can get your own house. And I had one mum say to me, oh, her house is settling in a couple of weeks. And she said, oh, my my husband was so and everything had to be. Um, you know, interior designer approved and, and everything was all trendy. She said, oh, now I'll be able to have colour, you know. I can hang my coloured picture up on the wall. It doesn't matter that it's trendy or not because I like it, you know. So it's then those little things of then finding the positivity and the excitement in those things and, and sometimes sort of rediscovering parts of you that you may have lost along the way which you do in so yeah. many areas after a breakup don't you yeah. gosh that's yeah, you one do. of the best bits yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um look i really like the idea of what oh. you do with financial separation where you work with the ex-partner so you only work with yes. couples that's not Correct. always possible but what do you feel the advantages are of this during the financial separation process and also for them in the future the biggest advantage is it saves them a lot of money, you know. Um, so, but but the first thing is obviously, um, you know, the relationship's broken down. So there, there are issues there. So I find that when you then work with couples through the process, you're creating a new um, baseline for transparency, trust, credibility, reliability of what that looks like going forward. Now, that is then that basically whatever you then agree from a child support point of view or co-parenting point of view, that what you both agree then happens. And as that starts to happen, you you then develop a new relationship with your ex-partner in a different way to what it was as 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 husband and wife. But but where people choose to go to lawyers, and, and some people, that's the only option for them, so I'm certainly not saying our process is right for everyone, but what happens is the lawyers start off by writing legal letters to the other lawyers about what are the assets and, and liabilities. Whereas if you come as a couple, and you can do this by yourselves, you don't need to come to me, you know, you can do that by yourselves separately following all the links on the family court website. And, and one person goes through and documents what they believe their assets and liabilities are, and the other person then looks at it and says, oh, what about this? What about this? Then they can get bank states. So everyone can then get some comfort as to that those numbers are correct. Then as you're going through that, a lot of the, I don't know, rawness and hurt starts to get dealt with a little bit. And so where people at the beginning are like, there's no way I could work with them through this. I'm like, well, let's just do this first step. And then when we get through the first step, you can both decide, do you want to go on to the second step and try and do that together? Or do you both want to go off to lawyers at that point? But if at that point you each take your list of assets and liabilities that you've both agreed, you're both going to save yourself a lot of money because the lawyers now aren't going to have to write letters back and forward asking what they are because you're both going to your lawyers saying, we agree, this is what we've both got. But what I find is that as you come through that process, 
we've then agreed the assets and liabilities, then you say to each of them, okay, how do you think this split should look? And when they then do that, then it's then looking at, okay, how far apart now are we? And rather than looking at percentages, because people get all caught up that their friends said they should get this percentage or that percentage, it's actually really looking at the dollars. So when you then look at how they think sh things should should be split, if you're, say, I don't know, $40,000 apart, it's then saying, okay, well, for us to all fight about that, that's going to cost you each 20000 in legal fees, so there's going to be nothing left. So let's see if we can both have a bit of give and take here, which will then mean that the money doesn't get spent on lawyers and you've each got more money in your own pocket, you know. And I find as you come through that process, and particularly when you're splitting, it, splitting up, um, you know, contents in the house and stuff as well, rather than creating issues by having everything valued and all the rest of it is saying, okay, are there either things, other things that either of you are particularly important to you? And if they, each person can recognise that and then they say, look, I know that's really important to you and they can stand back, then the other person sees a bit of give and take and it's the start of that give and take relationship moving forward, which I then find once you get it through the financial separation, it flows into the, the, the co-parenting and it flows into coming from a position of respect where if there's a particular um, um, value that you hold dear and you want to make sure your child has that value, if, if you've then gone through this process and you both are listening to each other, then when your child is spending time with their other parent, you can normally still work with them to have them uphold that value at that time. And, you know, so it's, it's the start of... Yeah, listening and respecting each other. And no, we're not going to get all that we want, but it will help us prioritise what we do want and sometimes even think through it and then realise that, okay, we might be having a bit of a tanty and no, we can't get everything we want and what do we want and how can we express that in a way that we're most likely to get our partner to see it and agree to it, but removing the emotion and removing the blame from that because as the court has a no-fault divorce system, that's what this process is as well, because if you're continuing to throw barbs and stuff at the other person, that's not going to get us to the end goal. So I then also suggest to people that, you know, they're better to try and have as much as possible in, in emails, because when you're writing an email to someone else, you're then thinking, you're taking a lot of the emotional stuff out and write a draft and then come back and look at it and where you've, you know, take out little nasty barbs that you just had to get your point across and you're, you're thinking, what's our end goal that we're trying to achieve? Our end goal is getting to a financial settlement which is legally binding, documented by the court, which has cost us the smallest amount of money and we've done it in the shortest amount of time. So we've reduced then the angst and pain and suffering that us and our children have gone through. And the shorter that that period of angst is, the more likely you're able to co-parent successfully because you haven't spent a long time rubbing salt in the wound, which just um, increases negative feelings and grows hatred rather than growing you know, acceptance and we've learned things and, okay, we could have all done things better, but we're now moving on and what can we take and, and, and learn from that from the future? So there's a lot of bits that are in part, it's not just the numbers, but I find a lot of other um, emotional and, and, and give and take and respect can, can grow through that person and also just then recognising that, okay, you might not choose any more for them to be your partner, but they're still a good parent and we all want our children to be happy and know that they're loved unconditionally by both those parents so that if that if that means we need to sacrifice a bit along the way for our children's um you know security and knowing that they're loved then quite often when you put it like that people are 
people can see the bigger picture mm. and they're prepared to do that rather than fighting over, you know, who gets some picture or something like that. It's far bigger it's than like that. It's almost as if the financial separation stage can dictate the future Absolutely. of your relationship so you can learn from it and, in fact, you can learn how to co-parent and do so many other things from getting through that financial um, separation period amicably um, but at the same time if it goes totally wrong it destroys probably the chance of co-parenting further Absolutely. down the line so it's actually a lot more important isn't it than we realize it is um, it is we, we think it's just doing the numbers but through that process all these other things come mm. in and it really is um you know the blueprint of what the future looks like you're, you're going to be going to be co-parents for a long time you're then going to have you know, grandchildren together, your kids are going to get married. Um, if if you can have as positive a relationship as possible, then your children aren't put in the position of having to choose in the future, oh, we've got to have a, you know, at the wedding table, we've got to have mum's table and dad's table. Isn't it nice that the parents can still come together for the celebration of their child that they've created and, and the positive bits they've got from each of us. Mm, and it goes all the way back. That's that's way in the future, but that all starts it right is way at the beginning, future, doesn't it? Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it does. Yeah. It's so interesting when you think of it like that and it just puts so much more importance on the fact that we do need to really try and work together and just try and remain calm and work yeah. through differences God, it makes a difference in the future and the long-term future as well. Um, and that and, was, I and think... And it's also probably because, uh, you know, I've been divorced for 12 years now, so I'm far further down this journey than a lot of the mums who are going through it now. So I'm not saying that when I was going through it in the media, I could see all these these long-term benefits that came from what we were working, working through, but sometimes it's good to share those with people to then... Yeah see the impact that what they're going through now, um, you know, that they can think forward for how, how they want the rest of their life to, to look like in terms of their relationship with their children and realising that the other parent is, is, is not going away. So how can you structure things now that will make that as um, angst and stress-free as possible going forward? And I mean, I'll second that as well, because five years down the line for me, yeah. we had a very amicable um, financial separation. I think we were both very fair and generous towards each other. Yes. Um, and um, I believe that that's a, a massive point on on why we can get along okay now. You know, we're not yes. perfect. We argue still every now and then. But, you know, we were both we both felt that we did the right thing at the beginning. Yes. And that's what matters. So, yes. yeah. So, so consider it as more than, like I mentioned earlier in one, of the questions it's not just a way to exit your relationship it's about it's about drawing the line in the sand about how the rest of your life is going to be almost correct and it's <laughs> the foundation for what the rest of your life is mm. going to look like yeah because obviously everything that you've known up to that point like throw it all out the window you know you're, you're starting again yeah and it, it and it is the core but you can imagine if someone's been through a, a three-year legal battle with the other person and you know majority of their assets have have gone in that fight and you've got to understand it's in lawyers best interest for people to keep fighting because then they're making more money you know mm. so but when you've come through that you've now in addition to all the pain and stuff with your marriage ending that you've got a process you've now got that you've lost most of your money through legal fees like it just it it just makes it so much harder you know you 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 have to be a saint to overcome all that. So we're trying to put less things in the way so that it is achievable for you to overcome mm. what you've got to overcome and, yeah. and, and move on. 
Yeah. Now, listen, I, we, we, we're, we're running over time, I, but I just want to throw in this last question really mm. quickly. Um, just anything that you can just um, say to the listeners who are about to embark on a financial separation, any really cool key pieces of advice to help them stay on track for it to be peaceful and successful? Um, I think, well, the things that I've said before in terms of when you're doing a communication, have it in email and stuff, so you're trying to take as much emotion out of it and you'll then find your partner responds to that. I think the first thing is if you can agree with your um, ex-partner that you want to have a children first priority goal, you know, at the start of the thing. And because if you both say, we know we might have stuffed up with other things, but we both agree that we both want what's best for our children. So through this process, if we each start to get off track, can we bring that back and that will then help us establish our give and take approach because we're coming back to what's best for our children. And obviously parents being in a happy, calm place is what's best for their children as as more. And I think the other thing is recognise you are going to make mistakes along the way. Be kind to yourself. Treat yourself like you would treat a friend who was going through this. Like if she'd said, oh, I said something mean, you wouldn't say, well, that's really stupid. You know, be kind. Don't speak to yourself as you would speak to a friend. And then also speak up when you do need assistance and with what you need. So, you know, if for someone to come over and look after the kids for you, go out and have a glass of wine with a girlfriend is something that you really need, speak up. Because there's lots of people around you, your family and friends who want to help you, but sometimes they just don't know how. So, um, you know, don't be a martyr and suffer in silence. Put put out there what your questions are or what you need help with and, and understand that, um, you know, you need some quiet time for yourself to process everything, have a cry, recharge, understand that your picture of what you thought your life was going to look like has has been broken, but you need time and space to build a new positive picture for what life for you and your children is going to look like for the future. Brilliant. I I knew I was going to get loads of information from you in this podcast. <laughs> you are just a, a fountain of knowledge when it comes to this subject. And uh, I knew there was a reason that I had you as an expert advisor as well. <laughs> very kind, Lucy. Thank you. I just think if, if, if others can benefit from what I learned along the way, then and they don't have to suffer as much, then that makes us all happy. Yeah, and I feel the same as well, and that's why yeah. I do what I do. Learn from yeah, my mistakes. Absolutely. Don't make them yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes your mistakes more worthwhile doing, exactly. you know, if we someone else can learn. We've gone through them and someone's benefited, <laughs> so that makes us feel good. Exactly. Um, so, look... For those of the listeners who don't know you already, can you just quickly tell us uh, what your website is, uh, where we can find you and how they contact you and what happens when they do? Okay, so um, the the business is called Divide Simple Financial Separation. Our website is um, div-ide.com.au. Everyone always forgets the hyphen. It's cool Uh, though. I like the way you've done that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) trying to find the um, you know non non accounting creative side that we don't possess but anyway um, we're we're based in Brisbane but deal with couples all around Australia and overseas where one per past party is in Australia because everything's done online and Skype and so that's all fine um, my email if people want to email me is Belinda at divide div hyphen id dot com dot au phone numbers oh seven three three six seven five three Eight eight, and um, we've also got a 
Facebook page, which is just Divide Simple Financial Separation as well. Okay, and so there's plenty of ways for people to contact you on plenty. there. Um, Belinda's also got her business divide um, on the homepage of the Beanstalk website. Um, she's also um, linked up to the Single Mum Vine Facebook group and is um, often on there giving um, tips and advice to ladies who need help with their financial separation. So either head towards Belinda or head towards me at Beanstalk and you'll definitely be able to make contact. So. Yeah, and it's just then asking a question. There's no charge for anything. We can send out what we can do, and we want people to look at that and discuss that with the partner and see is that the right fit for them. And um, if it is great, and if it's not, if I can then give you any other resources to help you along the way, um, then then that's what I want. I want people to move through this process as efficiently from both emotional and financial point and get to the end point because that's what's best for them and their children, and that makes me very happy. You are wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're just amazing. <laughs> I wonder how we ever live without you as part of our team. <laughs> and, uh, and how I wish I knew you when my ex and I did our financial separation as well. Um, you know, we went through two separate lawyers, even though we were amicable. We just didn't yeah. know that there was a way to do it any other way. So um, with so many businesses out there taking advantage of people, um, not all of them, I might add, but there are yes, some. Yes, there are, there are good people, but there are others. Yeah, who take advantage of the vulnerable and with having a child with special needs as well, that really gets my back up as well because I've been taken advantage when people know you're so desperate, you yeah. know, to help you to help your child. And so when you see that in others, yeah, no one wants that. Yeah, exactly. And it does happen and that's what Beanstalk is all about as well. It's yeah. about getting the, the real true people who genuinely want to help out yeah. to the single mums that need that help. So thank you so much for chatting yeah. to me today, Belinda. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, And to the single mums listening, remember your financial separation doesn't have to be the hellish, stressful time you may envisage. In fact, with the right guidance, it can be enlightening, um, even educational, and it can be a really useful tool in starting your new life as a single mum. So be kind to yourself, take your time, always consider your kids, and get ready to start this new path in life with a newfound financial understanding that will help you on the next part of your journey. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.